Today, we are continuing our sermon series that I've been in. It's called Body Parts, and we've been in that series. We took a couple weeks where we had a couple guest speakers that talked about the body of Christ. But today, we're going to continue out of the Romans chapter 12, and it's just about three verses that we've been talking about, which are kind of the motivational gifts that the Apostle Paul has shared about the church and how we are to, to take those gifts and apply them in our lives Paul talks in Romans there how the spiritual church, the body of Christ, is very much like a physical body. Just like we have different parts and fingers and toes and arms and legs and, and all these different parts that make our body work and function well, the spiritual body of Christ is made up of different gifts, spiritual gifts, that makes the spiritual body function well. And just like whenever, whenever it happens when you might have a, a backache or like for me when I got sick with the flu while I was on vacation, I tell you what, it affected my entire body and I was struggling. Spiritually, when we are all in sync using the gifts that God has given us, and gifts together, one, one together in unity, guess what? The body of Christ functions well. It functions in a, in a a synchronization that all of a sudden we're working together for one another. Peter writes it this way. He says in 1 Peter 4.10, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. We all have gifts. Not one of you sitting here today does not have a gift that God has given you. God has given all of us spiritual gifts that we can take, that we can use to serve one another. When we serve one another, who are we really serving? We're serving God. Boy, you guys are listening, man. As a part of this series, Body Parts, we want to help each of you to discover the gift that God has given you and how you can use that gift in even a greater way, a more effective way to serve others. It's all of these individual gifts working together in harmony that makes a church work well. Today's gift I want to focus on is the gift of encouragement, the gift of encouragement. The Apostle Paul writes this in Romans 12:8. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. Really profound, wasn't it? <laughs> really profound. The Greek word that the Apostle Paul uses to describe encourage is paraleko, paraleko. It's a Greek word, and it means to exhort or to encourage. It carries the meaning of coming alongside of someone to help someone and encourage them on their journey. It's more than just flattery. It's more than just complimenting someone. This gift of encouragement that the Apostle Paul is talking about, it's not just that when you, oh man, your hair looks great, oh how cool, you! oh that dress looks nice. It's not that type of encouragement. It's literally an encouragement where you come alongside and you say, you know what, I'm here with you. You're going to make it. You know what God has called you to do? And don't you love it when a friend comes alongside you and they truly are a friend, they'll stick with you, what the Bible says, closer than a brother, and they will encourage you. It's more than just flattery. It's more than just a compliment. Everyone must come to Christ on their own. I get that. Every one of us must come to Christ on our own. But that doesn't mean that we can't walk along someone and bring encouragement during the process. It's interesting, Jesus, and catch this, the word that the Apostle Paul uses to describe encouragement, 
The root word of that is the same word that Jesus uses when he talks to his disciples and it's after his crucifixion, it's after his resurrection, Jesus is about ready to ascend up into heaven and he looks at his disciples and he says these words to them. He said, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. The advocate is what he's referring to is the comforter. He's referring to the Holy Spirit. The same root word, this almost the exact same word that the apostle Paul talks about the gift of encouragement is the word that he uses to describe, Jesus uses to describe the Holy Spirit. Because you see, the Holy Spirit comes alongside of you. He's there to comfort you. He's there to encourage you. He's there to help direct you between right and wrong. It's the Holy Spirit that you can pray to and he will guide you and he will direct your path and give you a light that you can follow. And when tough times come, guess what? The Holy Spirit can be there alongside of you. But how does the Holy Spirit work? He can work directly in our life. But you know, the Holy Spirit can also work through you to encourage someone else. See, the Holy Spirit works through all of us as the body of God. Christ. The gift of encouragement is the idea of coming alongside and helping strengthen and support a person on their journey. It's the ability to encourage a person onto victory. In Acts chapter 4, there is a man named Joseph, a Levite from, the, from Cyprus, whom the apostles, they nicknamed this man Joseph, they nicknamed him Barnabas. Barnabas means son of encourager. See, Barnabas' real name was Joseph. They nicknamed him Barnabas because he was such an encourager. Barnabas was the apostle who came alongside of the apostle Paul to encourage him on his journey. Paul was having a hard time. Paul was Saul of Sarsus. Saul of Sarsus is probably one of the biggest persecutors of the church. He's on the road to Damascus and all of a sudden this bright light comes down and he has an encounter with Jesus Christ himself. And his life immediately changes. He is saved, immediately finds salvation and he's called into full-time ministry. The problem is that the Saul of Tarsus is known throughout the region as the persecutor of Christians, of believers, of followers of Jesus. And now Saul all of a sudden is trying to come into the church as a believer. And no one believes him. I mean, would you? I mean, come on, this guy, he's taking people to prison and all of a sudden, oh, I had this encounter with Jesus and almost like my life is changing. I'm no longer like I used to be. That past is no longer me. I'm a new person now. And they go, yeah, uh-huh, right. He's trying to trick us, guys. It was a tough road for Paul. And guess what? There was a man named Barnabas that came alongside of Paul And he put his reputation on the line. He's an encourager. An encourager comes along beside. And he says, hey, Paul. And he goes to the disciples. And he said, I know this man. He's had a real life experience. He's had a transformation in his life. Jesus has changed his life. In fact, when he was in Damascus, he was preaching Christ boldly, unashamed. He was preaching the love of Jesus Christ. He's had an encounter. Barnabas came alongside of Paul to be an encourager, to lift him up. We all need encouragement at times. Amen? Anybody need encouragement? Yeah, we do. Because the world gets difficult at times. 
And when you fail or when you have a difficult situation, man, all of a sudden the weight of the world and you just need that person that comes alongside you. You need a Barnabas in your life to encourage you. In Hebrews 13.3, it states, exhort one another daily or encourage one another daily. We are to support one another, stand beside one another, encourage one another. This world needs more encouragement. Not encouragement to, be, to settle or be satisfied with the status quo. We don't need, that's the kind of encouragement that the world gives. Oh, it's okay. Don't worry about it. It's, you, you'll be fine. It's okay. The encouragement I'm talking about is an encouragement that's given by the Holy Spirit. The reason I'm jumping right there, I'm getting just a little bit excited, which is good because I need the Holy Spirit to help me preach today. But all of a sudden, there's a man or there's a person, there's a woman that can come next door to you and say, guess what? You know what? I believe God is calling you for more. I believe God is expecting more out of your life. You all of a sudden become status quo. You've become complacent. And the Lord is calling you for more. He has a calling on your life. And I can see it. You might not be able to see it, but I see it in your life. It's exhorting. It's encouraging. What one another, we should be calling each other to a greater, higher level in Jesus Christ. Who says we should stay with a status quo? I don't give trophies out here for just status quo things, okay? I'm expecting higher level. The Bible never says that it will be easy to follow Jesus. Never says that. But the Bible does say that the reward will be out of this world. Out of this world. The characteristics of the gift of encouragement, there's four that I want to share with you today. Excuse my cold. There's four characteristics of the gift of encouragement I want to share with you today. The first is this. Encouragers see the potential in others. If you have the gift of encouragement, you have the gift of seeing potential in others. It's just a natural thing in you. Encouragement is not pity or mercy. The last message I spoke here, I spoke on mercy. And mercy really is a gift to help those who are less fortunate. But catch this, I want you to catch this, encouragement is very different. It is seeing the unused potential in someone's life and giving them hope to believe for a greater future. I'm going to say it again. Encouragement, the gift of encouragement is being able to see the unused potential in someone's life and giving them the hope to believe for a greater future. Barnabas could see the, the potential in Paul's life, and he was going to stand by him and help him to get to his future calling that Jesus Christ had put on his life. When we were going to talk about John Mark, which is another person that Barnabas came alongside of, because John Mark was on a first missionary journey with Paul and Barnabas, and all of a sudden he went off on his own. And, and Paul didn't want anything more to do with John Mark. He wasn't reliable. But something in Barnabas saw something in John Mark and said, you know what? I will take him on my own missionary journey. I'm going, to, I'm going to put in my own life into his life. And guess what? John Mark became known as a person who was reliable. In fact, the Apostle Paul, at the end of his life, called upon John Mark to come to him because he saw him as being useful for him. And it's what encouragement can do in a person's life. It can change a person's life. An encourager is committed 
to seeing people grow in Christ. For this, that, that brings the greatest enjoyment, the greatest fulfillment in their life is when they see someone growing in Christ. They don't need any other reward. An encourager, when they see someone growing in Christ, they go, oh, man, yes. If you're a teacher here today, you need the gift of encouragement. It could be the difference between a student failing or a student succeeding. You know what I'm saying? That gift of encouragement. If you're a parent here today, you need the gift of encouragement on you. Because when you raise your children, it could be the difference between that child following Christ and that child not following Christ, just because they're your words of encouragement. We all need the gift of encouragement at some level in our life. Some of you might be great at it. Some of you might not be so good at it. But we all need to start receiving that gift of encouragement. We must learn to look past the current condition of people's life and see their potential. Another characteristic that I want to share with you today, encouragers see difficulties as opportunities. If you're an encourager here today, you will see the difficulties or the troubles of life as an opportunity. And so an encourager doesn't see obstacles or problems. They see opportunities. They know that God has the ability to take any situation and turn it around for his good. They believe the scripture in Romans 8, 28. I mean, it's their life verse. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Barnabas didn't look at Saul's, uh, uh, Paul's reputation as a difficulty. When he saw Paul's reputation, his past, and he saw Paul for today, he doesn't look at Paul's reputation as a difficulty or as a struggle. He looks at Paul's reputation as the power of God changing a person's life from a person that was Saul the persecutor to Paul the champion of Christians. He saw something possible. Same thing with John Mark who abandoned Paul and Barnabas during the first missionary journey. He didn't see someone that was unreliable. He saw a gift in Mark that could be, turn that man around to be someone who was reliable. Encouragers have the ability to see change happening. They see the raw potential and can look past their current circumstances. Another characteristic that I want to share with you today is this. Encouragers speak the truth in love. Encourager is not someone who just says nice things. It's nice to hear nice things. Hey, Pastor Tom, your jeans look great. Man, are those new? Yeah, they are. Thank you. Hey, Pastor Tom, we love you. We love that new Italian haircut that you got. Hey, thank you so much. I got that in uh, Italy, and we got it. Yeah, it was really cool, and thank you so much. And if you guys saw, I did shave off the beard. I had a beard going, and, and I just got too much. And so I shaved that off, but I kept the haircut. I couldn't do anything about that. That's going to stay for a little bit. It's good to hear little flattery things and all that kinds of stuff, but encouragers speak the truth in love. See, an encourager will challenge a person to climb to the next level. They will encourage them, hey, I see more in you, more ability, more potential. That's what's great about a marriage. When two people come together in a marriage and they don't look at each other's flaws, but they look at each other's strengths, guess what happens? Instead of going weaker, you become stronger. The Bible talks about it, where two become stronger. 
We're three cords strong. Rope is stronger. And a marriage between husband and a wife and the Holy Spirit, all of a sudden, it becomes stronger because all of a sudden you're using your strengths together. Encouragers can speak the truth in love. Many times an encourager has the ability to see the root of a problem. They recognize what is holding the person back from achieving God's purpose. And instead of just ignoring it, see, there's a difference, I'm trying to keep hitting this again, because some of you, I think you, you guys might have this mixed up. There's a difference between a flatterer and an encourager. You can give all the flattery in the world to somebody, but you might not necessarily be encouraging them. An encourager can see something, a problem in someone's life and come alongside in love and say, you know what, I see so great in potential. And I want to just speak to you because I think that you're selling yourself short in some areas and I want to stand beside you and help you. And I think that God can do some miraculous things in and through your life. And all that person needed, and I've experienced this firsthand, all that person needed was someone to come inside him and say that. And say, hey, you can do this. Not in our own strength, but I'll be beside you and the power of the Holy Spirit will help you. You might not think that you can serve Christ. You might, be, you might think that you've just done too many bad things, too many wrong things. I'm here to claim to you that you haven't, that the grace of God is more powerful than any and all of your sin and you can overcome it. You can overcome the addiction that someone's told you that you will always be a drunk. Guess what? You don't always have to be a drunk. I'm gonna stand beside you. I'm gonna walk with you. You know what? You might love that drug abuse, but it's holding you back from what God is calling you to be, and I want you to be all that you can be in Christ Jesus, and I'm going to stand beside you, and I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to encourage you. Don't tell me the Apostle Paul wasn't having a struggle. Saul the persecutor. You don't think that the enemy didn't try to use all those things that he had done in his past? Man, but who do you think you are? Man, God knew it was going to happen, and he sent Barnabas to sit alongside of him. And I'm sure that there was times where Barnabas spoke into Paul's life and said, Paul, hey, hey, here's the problem, but you're going to rise above it. There's times where you need a Barnabas in your life that will speak into your life. Hey, you're going to rise above it. To speak the truth in love is not a bad thing. A true friendship is willing to risk the friendship over the, the health of that person. You're not a true friend if you're just going to stand by and watch someone just plow down into the ground. You're a true friend when you stand beside and help that person. Remember the rich young ruler? The story that Jesus, the parable, or it's not a parable, it's a story that happened in the Bible where the rich young ruler comes to Jesus and he says, hey, what do I have to do to enter into the kingdom of heaven? And all of a sudden the rich young ruler gives all the different things, all the commandments, everything that he had done already. And then Jesus looks at him and he says, you know what, there's one thing that you haven't done. He said, I want you to take all the riches he was rich. He was wealthy. I want to take everything that you've had, all your wealth, and I want you to go give it to the poor, and then come follow me. When I was younger, I never understood that scripture. I always felt, man, Jesus, you're so hard on that guy. He had to sell all of his wealth. You know, it's one thing when you have nothing. It's another thing when you're rich. You ask me to sell everything? But see, Jesus saw the root of the problem. He didn't just glaze over it. He saw that for the rich young ruler, the love of money was going to keep him out of the kingdom of heaven. 
and he went for it. He just goes, Jesus just goes after. See, Jesus is an encourager. It might not look like he was an encourager. When I read that scripture when I was younger, it didn't seem like Jesus was encouraging the guy. But he was. He was trying to lift the man up out of what he was in. He said, go sell everything you have. I know it sounds radical. But if you really want to enter into the kingdom of God, get rid of the stuff that's holding you back and come follow me. What is Jesus, what is the Holy Spirit asking you to get rid of? What are you hanging on to that you say, oh, that's okay. It's okay if I do a little bit of this and do a little bit of that. And God just sits there and goes, man, if you would just give it up, guess what? See, the Holy Spirit can encourage you. The Holy Spirit can give, speak right into your life. But man, when the Holy Spirit sends a friend alongside of you and says, hey, I'm going to challenge you. I want you to rise to the next level. True encourager sees the core problem of issues, and he'll speak the truth in love. They will not leave someone in the status quo. They desire the very best for others. Therefore, they're willing to speak truth when necessary. The last quality that I want to share regarding an encourager is this. Encouragers inspire others by imparting hope. Encouragers inspire others by imparting hope. Once again, it's just not flattery. It's just not to butter you up. But an encourager has this gift that makes hope, that puts hope into your heart. They have the ability to increase your faith in God, believing for you that the impossible is possible through the power of God. Encouragement should give you hope, not false hope, but a real hope that inspires. Encouragement deals with more than more with, the, more with the heart than with the head. You see, an encourager is not trying to inspire someone's head or mind. He's trying to inspire their heart. If you look at your heart as a tank, what does your heart, what is your heart filled up with? Many people hold things in their heart that gives no energy or no, no, nothing positive, only discouragement. Hope is this great ingredient for your heart, and you need to fill up your tank with hope, and it comes through encouragement. Paul writes these to the Romans, writes this scripture to the Roman Christians in Romans 15, verse 13. He says, I pray that God, the source of hope, where's your source? God. God is the source of hope. Will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Hope comes through God. And when you use this gift of encouragement, guess what? When you take on and you put on the gift of encouragement, you're instilling hope into other people's lives through the power of the Holy Spirit. Remember, the Holy Spirit works through you and me. He works through each and every one of us. It's why these gifts that Paul writes about are called the gifts of the Spirit. They are, they are given to us by the Holy Spirit to inspire others. They're motivational gifts. They're to inspire other people to give hope to those who might become discouraged. We all need to be encouraged at times. When Paul needed encouragement, he had a Barnabas. When John Mark needed encouragement and he failed and he didn't stay, he didn't stay committed to the missionary journey, guess what? He had a Barnabas that stood beside him. 
Think about the influence that these two lives had on the church. The two lives I'm talking about is John Mark and the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, he went out and he spread the, we might not even today know the gospel of Jesus Christ in the Gentile nations if it wasn't for the Apostle Paul. He went and took the the good news, the gospel, into the Gentile nations. He went and, and shared those good news and spread the gospel. Plus, he wrote half the New Testament. What would you have to read in the New Testament if you didn't have the writings of the Apostle Paul? And then you have John Mark, which was an evangelist on his own right. And he became the right-hand person for the Apostle Peter. In fact, he penned the Gospel of Mark, and many believe that really he's writing down Peter's accounts with Jesus Christ. And, And the Gospel of Mark, written by John Mark, because a man named Barnabas was willing to encourage this man. Barnabas encouraged two that we know of, the Apostle Paul and John Mark. And I share this because sometimes I think that we think the gift of encouragement is just, eh, eh. It's not that big of a deal. But what would have happened if if Barnabas wouldn't have encouraged Paul and John Mark? We read Paul's writings today. We have the gospel of Mark today that we can read. See, encouragement goes beyond our lifetime. You don't know how you're going to impact someone's life or how you're going to impact all of eternity by just giving an encouraging word, standing beside someone, lifting them up, holding their hand through difficult times, being an encouragement. I share this to bring awareness of how Barnabas' gift of encouragement impacted the lives of so many others. And I think in society today, we underestimate the power of encouragement. Encouragement inspires. And the result of encouragement is hope. The Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5.11, encourage each other and build each other up. Question is, who are you encouraging today? Who do you have in your life that you're encouraging? Who are you walking beside bringing encouragement to someone? It could be a classmate. It could be a coworker. It could be the poor postman that drives by your house late and trying to get home, and you can just be out there ready to just give him an encouragement. Just to, you know what I'm saying? Hey, man, right? Come on, somebody. It could be that waiter and waitress at the fam- that same restaurant that you love to go to each and every week. And you just happen to notice that the waitress, she just seems like she's down and and disappointed. And you can just speak life into that person. And you can give a word of encouragement. You don't know the impact that you're going to have. You can have impact on people's lives. If you have the gift of encouragement and you're ready to use it, it's amazing how many opportunities that we have each day to give encouragement. You can literally create an environment around you that will inspire people to change. Think about that. That you become, the gift of encouragement becomes so real in you that when you just start walking around, and I walk over by James, and the gift of encouragement is on me, and when I walk by James, all of a sudden when I leave, he just feels encouraged. He feels lifted up. I've gone into a hospital where someone's lying in the bed and they're waiting to die. And I walk away from that hospital bed more encouraged than ever in my life. What, Pastor? I'm telling you it's happened. Because the person lying in that bed 
was so filled with the gift of encouragement and their hope was not in this world, their hope was in another world. And all of a sudden, as I go there to console them, guess what? They come in and they speak into my life. What would happen if our life would become an environment of encouragement? Where everyone around us would feel that gift on us. That people, you don't have friends? Who doesn't have friends? I won't ask people to raise their hands. Do you have a lack of friends today? Can I challenge you with something? Try encouragement. I bet if you start encouraging those around you, you're going to have a boatload of friends. More friends than you know what to do with. Because people are searching for someone who will encourage you. You can inspire people to strive to a greater life than they might ever, ever had thought possible. I'm sure Paul was thinking that there was no way that when he, when he heard the calling, when he was on that road to Damascus and the calling of Jesus Christ, there's probably times he thought, man, this is impossible. And he had Barnabas come alongside him to encourage him. Who is, call, who is God calling you to help? I believe within our church, we catch this. I want you to catch this thought. I believe within our church, we are creating an environment of encouragement. I'm going to say it again. I believe within our church, we are creating an environment of encouragement. I believe in our church, we are creating an environment of encouragement. What does that mean? Think of it like an emergency room, hospital, where people are coming in and they've lost all hope. And all of a sudden they find this church that all of a sudden speaks life, all of a sudden gives hope all of a sudden starts to speak about their future, who they can be in Christ, that Christ loves them, that the grace of God will cover their sins, that there's nothing that they've ever done that can ever diminish sin from Christ if they put their faith in Christ Jesus. Think about the encouragement that brings to people's lives. We can be a church. We are a church. We, it's not can be. We are a church that brings encouragement. Amen? The environment of encouragement where people can find hope. In fact, that's a Christian's life. Can I tell you something today? If you're not changing, something's wrong with you. If you're not changing, something is wrong with you. Because we're called to grow in Christ. We are. I'm 55 years old almost, and I'm still growing in Christ. Court, where's Court at? Court's right there. I don't know how old you are, but my friend, you're still growing in Christ, aren't you? Come on. Yeah, you never stop growing in Christ. We never do. We need that encouragement just to keep on growing in Jesus Christ and become more and more like Him. Today I want to declare to you, you don't have to stay in your current condition. You can allow God to transform your life. Will you bow your heads with me? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord. Your word itself says that it will not return void. But when it is spoken out, we can receive your word and 
be life-changing to our hearts and to our lives. I pray today, Lord Jesus, that you will take this word today and you will, Lord God, apply it to people's lives, that it will change them from the inside out. We thank you for the work that you're going to do today. Before I even head bowed, eyes closed for just a moment, then I'm going to ask everybody to open up your eyes. I really felt the Lord gave me two calls today, and I'm going to keep on challenging you guys, and I hope that we never become so, so religious that we can't answer the call of God in our life. But I really felt the Lord gave me two calls today for this congregation. The first one is this. You might be here today, and you might think, man, Pastor Tom, there's no way that I can overcome. There's no way that I, I've done so much wrong. I failed, Pastor Tom, I failed this morning coming to church. And I want to declare to you today, I want to encourage you as a pastor and as a church that we're going to stand beside you and you're going to be a Christ follower and you're going to make it. I don't care what the enemy puts in your mind, you can do it. And if you need that encouragement today and you just see Pastor Tom, I just need help. I want you to stand right now because we're going to say a prayer over you. I want you to stand and say, Pastor Tom, I want to serve Christ with all my heart in a greater way than ever before. Maybe you've accepted Christ in the past, but you've fallen away and you know it, and you're standing, I just need more encouragement. I want you to stand because we're going to pray over you. The second calling that I want to do today is this. For those of you that maybe the gift of encouragement is a struggle for you, and it just doesn't come natural. I believe it's a gift that we should all have in our heart and our life. Or maybe you have the gift and you want greater opportunities to be able to use that gift. I want you to stand today because I want to pray over you that God's going to give you the opportunities in the classroom, the opportunities in the workplace, the opportunities wherever you might be, where you can be an encouragement to those around you. Those who are struggling with hopelessness, those who are struggling with suicide thoughts, that God's going to use you even in greater ways, where you're going to have a new boldness in your life to be able to speak forth to them and be able to share hope to a person who needs encouragement. Because we live in a world that needs more encouragement. We live in a world that the gift of the Holy Spirit, the gift of encouragement needs to come forth in our lives so that we can speak truth to people's lives, but we can come alongside of them and say, yeah, I can be that for you. Dan, and we're going to pray. I'm standing as well, and I'm believing that God's going to do a great thing here today. Amen. Lord Jesus, I thank you for each person that's standing today. I thank you for the hands that are raised. And God, I pray by the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord God, that you would Fill us with that gift of encouragement. I pray that this church will become an environment, Lord God, as people set foot on this campus, they will feel the love and the encouragement from the people of this body, where they know that they found a safe place, where they can bring their problems, their difficulties, and their struggles, and there's a people who love them and will help them and walk them through it. God, I thank you that you're, God, that you're going to use us in greater ways than ever we thought possible before. And Lord Jesus, we give you praise today. In Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen. Come on, give the Lord a round of applause.